I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and as promised, uh, it'll be a double Matheson uh, segment of the show here. Alan Matheson uh, joins uh, to talk about the point of the mountain and uh, what is happening out there. Uh, an important uh, conversation has begun. Hearing public hearings, public uh, uh, input has uh, been created, and uh, some of that happened yesterday. Uh, Alan, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's good to be here, Boyd. Thank you for the opportunity. You bet. So, uh, of course, a lot of people have their eye on uh, the point of the mountain, obviously, as uh, things start to shift towards the new prison site, and as that site becomes uh, something that can be developed, uh, this really is one of those uh, once-in-a-generation uh, development opportunities for the south end of the valley. And uh, so tell us one, just a little bit of the vision for the project, and then uh, what kind of input uh, you got at the uh, events last night. Well, this really is a remarkable opportunity for the state. It's just so rare, not just in Utah, but anywhere in the country, to have 600 acres of land well served by transportation, a future transit system, between two of the fastest-growing metropolitan areas in the country and really in the heart of Silicon Slopes, this high-tech region. So we feel that uh, we have to be equal to the great opportunity that's been presented. And the general vision for the site is, I think, to create an iconic Utah community, a place that will be internationally recognized and locally loved. And so that means an economic engine. It means being a place of innovation where we address and help solve some of the world's challenges. It means uh, a model of sustainability so that we can show how we can uh, continue to grow in this area and still protect our resources. And I think beyond that, it's, uh, it's a place of fun, a place where we can gather as a community, restaurants, entertainment, uh, parks, and open space. Yeah, it really is. As you mentioned, uh, Alan, uh, between uh, Utah County and Salt Lake County, these uh, growing, thriving places, Silicon Slopes, as you mentioned, uh, and really the vision is that this is a destination place, not just uh, for people all around the state of Utah, but uh, as part of Utah being not just a crossroads to the West, but a crossroads to the world. Uh, that That's a, a lot of pressure on uh, you and the team <laughs> to, to make sure we're doing all the things you just outlined. And uh, how's that feeling at this point? <laughs> it's a significant responsibility, as you say, but uh, one that we welcome. 
and recognize that because this is a state project and we're talking about land that is owned by the state, that means it's owned by all of the residents of Utah. And we need to make sure that we're providing a return to them, both economically, but also in terms of quality of life. And that's part of the reason that we've really uh, been so intent on reaching out to the public to understand their values, their ideas, and how we can optimize this opportunity. And the reality is, as you might expect, not everybody agrees on what ought to happen at this site. <laughs> and yet, I think we've got some growing consensus around you know, a place that creates opportunities for our kids to have world-class careers here. Mm-hmm. and a place where we can live long-term and in harmony with nature and a place where we can gather as a community and, uh, and you know, do the kinds of things that bring enjoyment to life. Easier said than done, but we've got some of the, the best professionals in the world helping us. Uh, we'll continue to gather public input and expert opinions and, and guidance and do our best to achieve that vision. Yeah. Well, we've been talking today about how we uh, disagree better. So we, we know there will be a lot of, a lot of opinions on uh, how that land could be used or should be used. Uh, if you're just joining us, we have the Point of the Mountain State Land Authority Executive Director, Alan Matheson, uh, on the line with us today. And, uh, and Alan, you've, you've pointed out a few of kind of the, the key visions or the key concepts in terms of the, the project moving forward. I, I know there are, uh, conversations about, uh, you know, having a, a, uh, community that is less reliant on cars and has more access to uh, public transportation. Uh, we know other places who've tried some of those things have uh, kind of been hit and miss. Some have done well. Some uh, Everyone still seems to be using their cars. Uh, what are some of the other things that we're trying to think through uh, as you look strategically, again, this once-in-a-generation uh, opportunity for development? Well, transportation, as you suggest, is a big issue here. We all recognize the challenges uh, around the point of the mountain area. So we do want to create a place where people can live and work, uh, maybe not need that additional car, uh, where there is a transit system that allows people to get in and out of the site easily. And that uh, the planning for that is well underway. We're looking at internal circulators, uh, think electric autonomous circulators that allow people to get to the outskirts of the site and and access really any place within the districts as a result of uh, that circulator. So that's a big deal. Uh, Housing, of course, is on the minds of many. We're exploring ways that we can accommodate the needs of those that would work in the area. Uh, So a number of challenges, but really an exciting opportunity for us, too, to be a model for the world of how you solve some of these tough questions. Yeah, and I think that is uh, part of the Utah model is to say, hey, there there are different ways to do this. I think this is a really unique opportunity. Uh, was there anything in your conversations yesterday as you started to get some of this public input, uh, anything in particular jump out or any kind of trends that you're noticing in terms of not just of concerns, we understand the concerns component, but uh, any of those inspiring ideas that uh, you're going to be taking into consideration? Yeah, and this is just uh, the latest in a a number of years of efforts to reach out to the public. So uh, one point that I'll mention is that uh, public input 
regarding the point of the mountain region, identified kind of 12 elements that the public thought were most important in developing that region. And all 12 were just plugged directly into legislation that created the point of the mountain state land authority. So our mandate is coming from the public. And we continue to hear from them that they do want a place that is welcoming, a place that would be inclusive so that it's not just uh, a playground for the rich, as, as some have said. We've heard clearly from the public that they want a place uh, where they can recreate. Uh, they love the idea of a river to range connection where we're connecting the Jordan River Parkway to the foothills of the Wasatch. Uh, they've talked about you know, parks and uh, trails through the area. Uh, we've certainly heard a lot from the public about the importance of addressing air quality and the legislation that created the authority directs us to improve air quality. So that means looking at things like building efficiency and on-site and off-site renewable energy, uh, places for electric vehicles, et cetera. Uh, we plan to use some of the geothermal resource that is on the site. And so a lot of fun ideas. Yeah. Uh, we continue to gather them and uh, have more public process ahead. Wonderful. And uh, we love the fact that uh, you're doing that in an open, transparent way where that uh, input is uh, taken and heard. Uh, and then as you continue to, to roll those plans forward, as you said, uh, it is the, the people's land all, all across the state of Utah. Uh, and important how that uh, once-in-a-generation product uh, project takes place. Uh, so, again, uh, Point of the Mountain State Land Authority Executive Director Alan Matheson, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll have you back as this uh, continues to, to roll forward. Well, I appreciate it, Boyd. And if anybody wants to learn more or learn how they can participate, they can go to our website at www.thepointutah.org. Wonderful. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Alan Matheson, again, joining us from the Point of the Mountain State Land Authority. He's the executive director. Uh, great things ahead. It's going to be fascinating to see how that uh, project all rolls out. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for some bottom of the hour news. And when we come back, we'll be joined by KSL's own Paul Nelson, who's been uh, tracking the movement of the First Lady of the United States, Jill Biden, as she moves around the state today. Uh, he'll have a little uh, check in coming up next on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately... We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.